Hey, it's Lou and welcome back to Shade, inviting you into the worlds of art practitioners whose work I really admire. Peju Oshin is the Associate Director of the Kagosian Gallery in London and I was lucky to share some time with her just before the launch of her show, Rites of Passage, in the Britannia Street Gallery in London. Peju is a British-Nigerian curator, writer and lecturer. Her work sits at the intersection of art, style and culture with a particular focus on liminal theory. Let's dive in. I suppose it all starts with location and location is something that is really important to me. So I am a proud South Londoner um, and for me growing up in that space where there were lots of other Nigerians because I am a British Nigerian born to Nigerian parents. um, We often had lots of conversations when we were in primary school, secondary school, college about um, the things that we all experienced experience uh, commonly in all in commonality at home um, and so those were a lot of the conversations that we would have in the playground <laughs> kind of mimicking our parents um, talking about the things that we felt perhaps didn't fit or didn't make sense in our outside worlds uh, once we left our front doors so for me I think that that was the point at which I started to think about this idea of liminality or liminal space but actually at the time I didn't necessarily have that language so I was really thinking about these ideas of duality what it meant to be British and Nigerian um, what it meant to exist in between this multitude of things and so In my kind of early 20s after I'd graduated, I was still thinking about these ideas and um, really wanting to create a space at which um, people like myself who, you know, were part of diasporas would be able to have these conversations. So I did actually start um, a project quite early on, which was called At Home of the Diaspora, where I started interviewing uh, first and foremost British Nigerians and asking about the meaning behind their names. And coincidentally, a lot of these people that I interviewed had both English and Nigerian names and perhaps in their formative years had gone by using the English names and then made a switch to you know, favour their Nigerian name. So I was really interested in that conversation. And then as I started to, or continue to work on projects like that, um, I started to read a little bit more widely. Um, And that's where I, I suppose, came into this idea of liminality through um, people that I was working with, people that I was reading with. And so it's always been something which, um, I suppose, essentially has been uh, kind of burning away in the background. I've been working through it because, I suppose, fundamentally, uh, I have a personal interest because it's also a lived experience for me. So that's how I got to that point of thinking about that. And then with the show... um, I suppose once I found that language of liminality, I, again, really wanted to provide an opportunity to create a space for a multitude of um, Black and African diasporic artists to have this conversation. So 
really, I've been thinking a lot about um, this idea of double consciousness, but really I wanted to take it a step further in thinking about perhaps this idea of a triple consciousness in that for us, um, we are constantly looking at ourselves through the lens of the other, but what happens when we are looking at ourselves through the lens of the other, but then also the added complexity of many of us who maybe go back home to the African continent or to the Caribbean or wherever we're from, but have to deal with, um, I suppose this, I suppose this idea that we, in some ways, um, kind of mimic or mirror, uh, kind of our Western counterparts. So there's this extra level of caution that many of us are taking when we go back to the continent um, or wherever we're from and feeling like we are at home, but also being really conscious and aware of the dynamics that um, we might unintentionally find ourselves in. So I really wanted to create that um, opportunity to have that cross um, dialogue between a multitude of us who are kind of living and working in London or I suppose in the UK and on the African continent and in the United States, um, because it feels like we've reached this really interesting space at this particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to this point now of the you know the exhibition's about to happen. So, what are your reflections at this point? Um, I think for me, my reflections at this point is that conversation always has to be key and fundamental and part of this um, process. Um, I suppose I think about the hours upon hours of very strange and bizarre conversations that I've had with um, the really wonderful artists in the show. And I think there is something to be said for, of course, you working with the artists in a professional context, but also bringing an element of humanity to the process. Uh, Because fundamentally, my role is almost as a facilitator of sorts um, in supporting the artist to, I suppose, develop those uh, conversations or those thoughts or ideas that exist within their head and then contextualise them amongst the work of other artists who are maybe talking about similar things, but then also to bridge the gap between them and the public as well. So for me, that idea of the conversation um, the idea of opening up to performance is really important for me because these are things that are so intrinsically uh, intertwined into our cultures. So I I suppose those are the things that I'm really keen to continue on with as I look back through the process of this exhibition and how do you, um, I suppose, how do you bring that, I suppose, a level of... uh, the lived experience truly into the space and make it feel like it's a normal part of the process that it doesn't necessarily have to be this um, strange uh, kind of gimmick. I suppose I'm keen to I'm keen to fold all of those elements which are very normal um, and part of you know everyday life in our households and on the continent and fold that into the type of exhibitions that I make uh, as a means of really speaking to and creating an environment that actually the work really thrives in because um, you know I'll also just mention that 
I got a chance to go back home to, to Lagos, um, to Nigeria in November as part of the um, kind of launch of Yinka Shonibari's uh, Gas Works, but also to go and see um, Art X. And for me, one of the really wonderful things was meeting so many wonderful Nigerian collectors and seeing how they lived with the art and how they weren't overly precious about kind of keeping things in vitrines, but it was really part of the everyday lived experience and that's something for me that I would also say has uh, influenced my curatorial practice in thinking about the ways in which um, African and kind of uh, diasporic people live and breathe with art um, in their homes. And it is, I suppose, second nature to us. Um, so I, I'm really interested in uh, using that as a mode of uh or I suppose, yeah, including that as a as a part of my practice. That's so interesting. That's literally like art as the lived experience. We talk about art <laughs> like it's literally, you know, living and breathing around these work. And liminal theory is 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 such an um, an interesting idea as well. And you've incorporated the idea of liminal theory um, into rites of passage, um, and with a specific reference to the work of uh, the anthropologist Arnold van Gennep. Uh, and his, in particular, his focus on ceremony and transition. When we think about this idea of transition, all of these artists have had um, an impact or in my career over the past, uh, gosh, I don't know, when did I start working in art? In around about 2015. So I, all of these people have essentially journeyed with me. And so for me, that idea of language is really important. So when I was thinking about this idea of transition, or whenever I, I think about a, a key anchor word, for example, um, I will look at other words, or I think about word association. So I also thought about this idea of journey. And so all of these people have played um, a significant role in my my career so far and so the idea is that they journey with me along this and many of them also have um kind of a multitude of elements to their practice so kind of it might be that there's also an element of performance or installation or writing and so for me I see those as being incredibly important things when thinking about the ways in which for me personally um as you know uh, a Nigerian very specifically Yoruba but thinking about the ways in which black people tell stories there's always this kind of oral element to it there's always this performance element to it and so it felt very important to um ensure that on a multitude of levels that that was reflected in the show. Um, so that's how I, I suppose I went about um, kind of assembling these artists. And again, to go back to the idea of conversation, thinking about the people who I've been in conversation with, been in dialogue with, and we've unintentionally spoken about all of these things and they just get it. So I think that that's kind of a really um, important part of why they are here and how they have been um, assembled collectively for this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. And there's some some names that um, of uh, artists whose work I know and love very well. Phoebe Boswell, who was part of our previous series, yes. actually. So I was just like, oh wow, this is a perfect fit. The roster of artists that you have involved are, are, are really amazing. You know, we've been through quite a shift in the last few years within um, public art spaces and um, within the art sector post the Black Lives Matter period. As a curator, from your perspective, how did that 
period of time, um, impact uh, institutional strategy and practices, gallery practices, the conversations that you've been having, um, if at all, uh, you know, what do you think has been the legacy so far of that period of time? I feel really proud of the contributions of myself and my fellow co-chairs at that moment in time who really were able to reshift the focus in thinking about staff also, who are often uh, doing the work on a daily basis that their labour can often go unrewarded. In terms of a legacy, I have, of course, moved over from working in the context of an institution into the commercial space, and they are all part of the broader arts ecosystem, which work hand in hand. And so for me, on a personal level, uh, what I am looking to do or what I've started to do already is to take some of those learnings from working in the context of the institution into this space that I work in now in really thinking about how I interact with and works with artists on a personal one-to-one basis or in the context of, for example, rites of passage in this group show context and thinking about everything from the way that I've curated the show um, to the dialogue which uh, we have around the show. I think that these are all really wonderful legacies of um, or kind of uh, kind of things that have come out of those really painful and difficult discussions and lived experiences that we've all had but these are ways in which we are moving forward in order to I suppose keep the spotlight on and the conversation going around Black and African, uh, more broadly diasporic arts, um, which is really important because I think um, sometimes it's felt like this, I think we all have a fear of whether or not it's going to be a trend, whether or not it's going to be something that we just speak about for kind of a couple of months or a year or two. But I think this is all part of a sustained effort. There's so many of us now who are are passionate about the work, continuing the conversation, and we're not going anywhere. So that means the work of these artists and the spotlight can't really shift away from them. And I, I just see that as a really encouraging Um, kind of thought to keep myself going this is like a personal interest of mine I think it's probably because there's a generational shift the role of the curator in public life has kind of completely transformed and shifted from when I started working in in the arts Um, and before the social media landscape uh, the institution was the face of a curator the curator was like a quiet figure that we rarely heard about you know they would be busy in a way doing their work but kind of behind the facade of the institution but the role seemed to have reversed a little now where the curator is slowly becoming more the face of an institution and I wonder how you feel about the level of visibility required of you as a presence in the social and cultural spaces and how does contemporary social media and its necessity for performance and visibility and to to, to sort of be visually present how does that inform your working life and your practice at all I think that's such a great question and I think there are lots of pros and cons to that and I'd probably say that there are more pros to it. So when I think about uh, any individual who works in the context of an organisation or an institution, I think that there is often the opportunity to 
or the tendency to be absorbed uh, wholly into that space. And so it really leaves no room for the individual. And I think it's really important for us to have that space for the individual in thinking about their lived experiences and what they bring to the table, because actually this is what essentially forces a dialogue about what we are seeing. So to have that person who is visible and who is active and, you know, on social media and able to be part of a bigger and broader cultural conversation. And I think that that's really important because ultimately, uh, for me on a personal level, um, although I do have that presence, I'm still here first and foremost for the artists. So it's about creating space for them. And I suppose if we don't know who... um, I suppose if we don't know who to go to in thinking about how we continue to help uh, make more room, uh, then we often find ourselves in a position where we have the same people um, doing the same things all the time. And so you don't have that space for an influx of new people who can be part of that broader conversation. So I think it's really useful for us to um, have these, I suppose, public uh, facing um, figures who I suppose can help to champion the causes that we're already passionate about, but maybe haven't necessarily had the access or the space to do that. So I'm really uh, in support of this new, uh, I suppose, slightly collegiate way that we're all working in because it's also enabled me to have conversations with curators who are living and working on the African continent or those who are living and working in the USA. So I think it's really great because it ultimately creates um, a wider sense of community amongst people who may be having similar ideas but haven't had the opportunity to kind of convene together in the same physical space. Well, I can't wait to to come and see the exhibition later this week and and to meet you and some of the artists as well. And the best of luck. It's going to be amazing. I just know it is. Thank you so much, Lou. It's been great to speak with you.